to this corner of the Stage Whisper podcast that we fondly call the Broadway Bulletin. Today we are spending our time at one of our favorite theaters, 59E59. With that, we have two fabulous shows. First up was a new work from Labyrinth Theater Company, Through the Fire. So, this was a riveting and captivating true story of one man's life. Um, A fabulous 90 minutes uh, told in fabulous and humor and rhythmic fashion. Like like you walk in and there's loud hip-hop music playing and the entire show is accompanied by a drummer and a keyboardist. And when the show finally starts, I mean, I wasn't really sure what was going on. Victor comes out who's a playwright and he's he's rapping and he's trying to like hype up the crowd and that and I was like okay yeah and I'm just like hi cool woo I don't is this <laughs> an audience participation show and yeah it's not a big theater so you can't like hide and be like woo raise the roof like you got it I'm second row so I'm like yeah energy here it is anyway when he starts to go, uh, uh, it feels almost like a John Leguizamo show where he's like, I'm going to tell you the story, a life story kind of thing. Um, if you, you look at him like you don't know what that is. You do a Google search about John Leguizamo. He's in several Broadway shows, um, and he kind of tells his life story. Uh, Chris Rock did a, a series about his life. Remember Everyone Hates Chris? He did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that where basically he would tell his life story. In kind of a, almost like a self-deprecating way, but more in like a storyteller way. Okay? Okay. Um, and and Victor, again, the playwright and, the, and, and the, the only actor, really knows how to hold the audience's attention or really take us on a journey. You really feel immersed in the world that he creates, which was great. And the story doesn't go in the direction that you think it's going to go. He starts one way, and as he's telling this story, you're like, okay, cool, we're going to talk about this subject. Ah, yeah, I can relate. And then all of a sudden, it it takes this huge turn, and you're like, wait, what? Okay, we're going, okay, we're going, okay, got it. Now we're going this way. I see what we're doing. And then it takes this 90-degree turn, and you're like, whoa. Okay, now we're, uh, I didn't, all right. And then you arrive back at the end, and it was like, wow. Did not think we were going to get to where, because ultimately it arrives where you, you know, where you actually are here in that theater at that moment, you know, him putting on this show. And you're like, I didn't think we were going to get to this moment via this way. This is incredible. He doesn't look the kind of person that has the story that he has, which is amazing. I love that. Oh, I do love a story like that. Um, really quick, just back to the John Leguizano. Um, those of you listening who have seen Encanto, he plays Bruno. Oh my god, I'm not engaging in that. <laughs> anyway, I found myself laughing and crying throughout the show because he's very, very funny. But there are really some moments that just break your heart, and you can see that though he's worked through some of these harder parts, he's still troubled by them, and it it upsets you. Um, and there are really some powerful moments, including when he calls out racist practices that are the that I'm going to say that are because I'm not sure that they're completely rid of, but are in the military. Um, I would call the show bilingual because he switches flawlessly between English and Spanish. But even if you don't speak one or the other, you know exactly what's going on and what's being said, which is brilliant. Um, it is a perfect intimate show for our time. A perfect version of, of um, 
storytelling. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone last night, a new friend of mine, <laughs> and she was asking me about the show and what I thought. And as I was in my taxi on my way to my show, it dawned on me and I said, you know what, have you ever listened to the show on NPR, Snap Judgment? Yes. And she says, I've, I've heard one thing, and I, one of them, and I said, well, this is exactly like Snap Judgment Live, storytelling with the beat. Because I was like, the entire time there's music from these two musicians in the back, and he's telling the story this entire time, and I just, I, I was completely immersed in it. Um, and it was also cool that it was opening night when I went. That's awesome. So, Yeah. Tickets for this show at 59E59 Theater are on sale through February 5th. up we head one floor down to theater b for the collision the martyrdom presented by two-headed rep fasten your seatbelts kids we're gonna blaze through this because there's a lot to unpack here so these are two separate shows act one and act two are two completely separate shows so let's first talk about act one the collision this was a interesting borderline experimental show with a very clever script incredible acting one thing I really noticed was how expressive the three actresses playing the nuns were, especially their eyes. And this is going to be kind of weird, but they had three different personalities and it matched their three different eyes. You had this warm, sensible nun who had these small, round eyes and a round face, right? Then you had um, the silly one, uh, Gooch, who just way out there, very childlike. And she had a big oval face with big, big eyes. And then you had the more cynical, stern one who had more of a square face, angular features, and angular eyes. And I was just like, this is amazing because when you're in a, a habit. habit and the whole nun get up, all you see is this face. And to be able to allow us to, you know, to communicate. And well, and to be able to see your personality exactly, exactly. when you're wearing the exact same because thing. Because you can't, and there's only so much you can do with your body and habits, you know what I mean? So I, I noticed that like five, ten minutes into the play, and I was like, this is great. I, this casting was great. The acting was really good. Loved it. The plot and the plot twists were really great. Um, it It's a little wacky. It's It left me kind of going okay because it involves like rocks falling from the sky and one of the nuns gets hit with the rock and all of a sudden she's kind of like a prophet she's making prophecies if it sounds kind of weird and out there it definitely is but at the same time it's a show that was able to hold my attention and i followed that story and i was invested in the story and i wanted to see where it went so it wasn't so absurd that i was like okay yeah i'm not this is, out. this is an acid trip that I don't want to go on. No, 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 no. I was just kind of like, this is just so crazy that I want more. So crazy. It just might work. Yeah, no, and, 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 and it was also one of those where they're not trying to be so polished or over budget that it looks like, oh, no, you... You know, they, they, it is a smaller theater, so, you know, when they roll, like, this rock out and there's these legs, you know, and you're like, you clearly, this is a, a, a smaller production, and it makes it work even better. 
and I loved it. Um, it's an intimate space, so things cannot be hidden, which was wonderful. So any flaws that happened, any costume changes or things, that made it even better. The actress that played the other three roles, the bishop, the messenger, and the character of Heinrich, who was in love with and sleeping with the abbess, the head nun, did a wonderful job playing these three different characters and making each one just different enough that made her role one of the best. Um, Each character was very similar, which normally would be like, Oh, that's not a good thing. But like in this sense, I was like, no, that meant the that's the humor perfectly because it's like these three visitors are basically the same person. <laughs> yeah. In different clothes, and I was just like, this is fantastic. But 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 they were different too. I don't want to like criticize or critique that actress's performance by any means. But I was just like, I like. It was almost like deadpan humor. In the best. and I Like, was, it was almost like she was supposed to play them as the same person. Yes, but yes. Different enough so that it's not the same it, person. It's like, it's like, I'm changing accents, and now I'm British. And now I'm even more British, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, this was a wacky yet prophetic piece. It was absurd in a way that it just worked. So, there's the first one. We did it. Now, the martyrdom. You would have loved this. You would have absolutely loved this. It was a very, very interesting script. Very interesting. Love the history and introduction of this piece because it is a play by the first recorded female playwright. And they are very... Well, no, they emphasize that throughout the entire play, that this work was done by the first recorded female playwright. It's not necessarily the first female playwright. It's just the first recorded playwright. And... Basically, this play takes us through how this play, which is done by the nun Herzovita, Vita, Vita, um, was written and then kind of evolved and it was produced at different points in time. So at one point by these nuns in Budapest during the Ottoman Empire and then later by these French people in the 1920s and then by... um, college students in the 50s at at the University of Michigan, all the way up to now, this very production. Um, And I think that's really important because, again, you know, first recorded female playwright. But the whole time that they're showing these different productions, the play is also being done. So you're seeing the play being done, but also showing the evolution of the play. Okay. Play within a play. Yeah. So I love the way in which her work was told as as, as well as the way they covered the way her work was produced. I love the many hats the cast had to wear. You know, obvious. And I love the transitions. They would stop at like the end of a scene and they'd go, a transition. So very Brechtian. Yes. So, you know, they'd finish and then they'd all look forward and there'd be a light and they'd go, and transition with info. And they'd give the info to set up the next scene where they'd be like, in 1920, Germany didn't like this. And they said nine. But France said we. And they'd set up for the French scene with marionettes, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And, and they would change. Um, and like I said, this was a small intimate theater. So all the transitions, including costume changes, took place right in front of us. It was very raw, very vulnerable. And I loved that, that they weren't hiding behind something to change their costumes. They were changing right there in front of us. And it was great. I was just like, you know. Fabulous. There was one point there were suffragettes in England putting on this, you know, showing that one of the people who rewrote her, this work was a playwright who put it on with her 
friend, but we all know they were lovers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was important to point out. Um, I just found myself consumed in the story and the history of the play as it went on. Um, it just felt like a great story being told uh, to me. I really want to know more about this work, actually. I left the theater and I was like, I kind of want to go buy this play. I kind of want to know more about it, which is a huge shout out to these actors, to this company, to everything. The fact that I left the theater and I'm like, I want to know more. I didn't know about this. And now I'm like, interesting. I didn't know that this kind of work... I know that works like this exist, but this particular work interested me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, kudos to the cast. Overall, between these two, this was a really fun night out. And I would definitely recommend that anyone looking for two shows that are similar, yet opposite, check the show out. Tickets for this show at 59E59 are on sale through February 5th of 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune in to our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. Also, in celebration of Black History Month, be sure to check out our social media every Wednesday and Friday. There we will be posting information about a different influential Black theater artist who has helped to change and shape the theater world as we know it. Please join us in celebrating and shining a light on the diversity that makes our community so unique and beautiful. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blues by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by B.J. Block and Don Pemberton and Billy Murray. Yo!